Welcome to Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. And this week we're doing something new. We're doing, uh, recording a throwback episode. Per the fans' demands, we're going to be talking about John Wick. Does um does TBT mean Throwback Thursday? It does. I, I'm not... I, I was late to the game. I get it now. This could be our our TB T TBRT. I mean, we should work on that. There's something there, right? We could do it. We could do an acronym for these little hashtag. Get it out there. At the very least, we should post this on Thursday. A Thursday, not 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 any specific Thursday. You get it. A TBRT. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> TB, throwback, TBTBR. Is that? Yep. Right? That could be good. <laughs> I, think that, I think that works. Uh, we could do this off air, I guess. <laughs> no, this is what the people want, the banter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it's a good idea. And I just had it, so that's why you're getting it now. Uh, uh, before we do John Wick, though, we want to do a recommendation pick, so... Uh, to honor Keanu Reeves' character, we're going to do our favorite assassin or hitman movie. Ty, what is yours? Well, I love The Bourne Ultimatum uh, and The Bourne Supremacy, both those films. Uh, so they're the first ones that came to mind. Reed pointed out that he's a government agent. But he does assassinate people, and there are other assassins, so I think that does qualify. I can't remember if I've talked about it on the podcast. Uh, maybe Reed remembers, but there's a movie called "We Were Never Really There" about a hitman who gets hired to protect a girl. It's very good. It stays with you. It's haunting. It came out. <laughs> it came out recently, a couple months ago. Okay, I don't think we've talked about that, uh, and I still have not seen it. So that's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we haven't. T- I know we didn't do an episode about it, but I don't know if it was my, right. if it was my recommendation one week or something. For me, the movie that came to mind is something I watched pretty recently with um, Robert De Niro, Ronin, where it's a bunch of different agents from countries that get together for a heist in France, uh, and things go south. Isn't Keanu Reeves in that one too? Keanu, uh, that's 47 Ronin, a very different movie. <laughs> There's two movies, one called 47 Ronin and the other one called Ronin? Well, and I think they're both based off of this same Japanese legend of masterless samurai who are called Ronin. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, they are not a part of a continual movie universe, <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> Marvel could connect them, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> we missed the other 45 Ronin movies. Yeah. In between those two. <laughs> that that's interesting. I had this idea just recently, maybe yesterday, where maybe it was while I was walking watching John Wick, where they should do a they should do a, you know, one of these movie universe franchises, but where it just goes backwards every time. With like it doesn't go forward in time. It goes backwards. Wouldn't that be interesting? It'd be tough with, I don't know, actor age and continuation. 
Yeah, but I mean, you know, maybe it, people don't change that much from thirty to forty. Yeah, like if it if it was that that and anyway, you want to replace the main actor about every ten years, you know, like James Bond. Yeah, but you could also have. I mean, it could be. It, it eventually could get to the parents of the first person, the first subject, and you don't need the same actor at all. I think it's a good idea, and I'm going to think about a, a story that would be best told backwards. Okay. Good luck. <laughs> Thanks. That's the uh, TBR PC production company uh, <laughs> putting, putting that together. We're all about those acronyms. <laughs> Let's get into John Wick then. Uh, before we talk about the movie specifically, I want to talk about some of the setup for it. So how do you feel about movies that start with a scene that you're going to see later in the movie? Like John Wick starts with him on the ground, all bloodied in his suit. Um, I don't know. Do you think that's an effective storytelling method or why do you think movies do that? Yeah, you want the you want the audience to just have a question Immediately, some of my favorite movies, and I'm having a hard time thinking of an example right now, uh, but in the first minute, something crazy happens, you know, and, and the whole rest of the the movie is explaining that. Okay. So I think it's harder to do if you do it chronologically, and it's putting a, the last scene first is the easy way to do it. And I think maybe this would be, that would be more effective uh, if it's your first time watching it, but since I'd seen this movie before... I was just like, well, let's just get to the action. I don't need this bit right now. Yeah, it actually, I mean, so that's maybe the other reason that they do it specifically in John Wick is because they take their time to get to really the um, forward driving action happens when the Russians come to his house and beat him up. That's That's the point where you know the conflict and you have the question, what's he going to do about it? How's he going to... How's he going to avenge it? And it takes a long time to get to that, I thought. It does that really slow backstory, m- montage stuff. and Yeah, so I think, I think they realized that if they didn't have him bleeding in the car, you wouldn't have the audience hooked fast enough. They might wonder why they walked into Marley and me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. No, that's good. Uh, did you like... Uh, now I'm just jumping around, but did you notice it was Brian Connerty from Billions as one of the Russians? Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I don't know if that was the right casting. <laughs> he's 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 such a like a dweeb kind of right. Like a, yeah, in, in Billions he is. But I think just his personality, or he just looks like a square, like a nerd, and so it it, it was hard for me to believe um, that he's this tough guy. Yeah, but it was fun to see him. I mean, obviously, the, also the guy from the uh, Allstate commercials. It's weird when he's in movies and stuff, and not just the Allstate commercial guy. <laughs> yeah, I bet there's. I would imagine there's directors and casting directors who are like, no, I don't want people to watch my film and think of that you're the Allstate guy. Sorry, you're not getting a role. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. But he was um, he was good. I really thought he was great in it. Yeah, I think he fit well in that world as sort of that. I don't know, that kind of guy, the consigliere, you know, the outside person. I don't know that word you used, Reed, but I know, I get it, I think. 
Oh. <laughs> have you never watched The Godfather? No, I never have. Oh my gosh. <laughs> should we do that throwback? Yeah, we definitely should. That's a great movie. And I would argue a pretty good book, too. Oh, jeez. Look at... Now everyone's just showing off. That's right. <laughs> uh, I haven't read it yet. Oh yeah, I haven't read a, it yet. It's a mafia. In Italian. Yeah. <laughs> Still working on it. Uh, okay, well... I think the action moves. Yeah, it doesn't. Nothing really happens too much in the setup, but then it kicks off with the carjacking, and I would say from that point on, there's hard, not very much downtime between action set pieces. Yeah. No, I thought so. I I had never seen it before this week, uh, and. I thought it was, for what it was, I thought it was very, very good. I mean, it's it's basically a chance to see him fight and kill people. Like, that's the that's the whole point of the movie, setting him up so that he has to just continuously fight his way to the kid by killing people. And it just it's, does it very efficiently. I thought it was, uh, for being that kind of movie, I thought it was great. Yeah, so across the kind of main action set pieces, there's the one in the house, there's him in the nightclub, and then the church, and when he actually does get to the sun and kill the sun, and then the last kind of car chase in the rain. If you were going to look at those, which, I don't know, what, what, how would you rank those fight scenes, or which, which, ones did you, which one did you enjoy the most? I thought the bathhouse one was great. Uh, yeah. Visually, it's just so interesting. The lighting and the um, the visual, like moving moving from that uh, basement catacomb look to the dance floor. I thought the <laughs> when he goes into the church and just shoots, just immediately shoots the priest. <laughs> that, yeah, that was uh, you don't see that very often. No. And, and then I feel like the scene where he finally does kill the son could have been drawn out longer i thought it went pretty he's very he just quickly goes through everyone yeah there's not really a kind of conflict in that one where other scenes there's sort of the best fighter from the other group it takes him a little bit longer to kill or to get past but i think they just wanted to get the son killed at that point yeah okay so beyond fight scenes do you have a a favorite kill that stood out to you oh jeez. <laughs> Do I have a favorite kill? I mean, uh, really, I know I don't watch these kind of movies very often. Where I, there was a point where um, in the bathhouse, one of the, or maybe it was by the time they moved up to the disco, the club, but one of the gunshots um, splattered blood on the camera lens. Did you have? Yeah. Did you notice that one? I did. Yeah. So I thought that was crazy. Uh, <laughs> I liked actually. Did you mention the very last scene with the car and the helicopter? Uh, yeah. Oh, you did. It was one of them. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I I I thought it was cool how he used the car. I don't. I think that was unusual too. So. Um, to be shooting out of it, you mean, and driving around. Well, like he hits the guy, uh, run runs into the guy. The guy goes up over the top of his car and he shoots into the uh, ceiling of his car, and you see the that it's you see that it's causing the guy on top to bleed out 
So he's hitting it. I, I think that was the one that stood out to me as sort of the most creative, or I thought it was interesting way to do it. Yeah. I mean, I think the, or I guess it's been a while since I've looked at this, but I think they tried to make this movie very, I mean, stylized in the violence, but realistic in how it happens. So, I mean, John Wick's like a better shot than anybody would be, but sort of the way he moves, and I think it's the hand-to-hand combat, he did a lot of training to fight in a specific style. Yeah, he would always do the thing where he um, he gets down low, like someone's expecting him to be normal human height, but he goes to the floor and then shoots up into them, and they've missed him because they're shooting norm- like uh, parallel to the ground. I feel like yeah. I feel like that was a very common thing that he did. Yeah, and just the the way that he moves around or shoots people more than one time to make sure they're down. He's just sort of that kind of efficient killer as he moves through crowds or with in his house, especially. Yeah. He also, I feel like several times punched someone really hard, usually in the throat to disable them for a second so that he could do something else, reload his gun or um, kill someone else and then come back to the guy who's recovering from the throat punch. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think the action is directed well. One thing that stood out to me going through this, and especially in the nightclub, but even other scenes, was the soundtrack. It's just like kind of heavily EDM or almost metal. I guess I don't like that part that much. I think the soundtrack sort of stood out to me as being a little bit more grating in this watch through. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember noticing. I mean, I've only seen it once, but I didn't remember noticing anything too much. It seemed appropriate. Okay. I didn't, uh, well, yeah. I don't know if we want to go on to the parts we didn't understand or. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. What, what, uh, didn't make sense to you? Well, I didn't understand why that female, um, assassin, Mrs. Miss, Miss Perkins. Perkins. Why she would have just gone to that park to meet the guy. And then she didn't, when they, when they all decide to kill her, she just doesn't resist at all. I don't think she would have gone. Right. She knew she violated the rules of that hotel. Why would she do anything with them anymore? Yeah. And my guess is, I mean, they don't exactly say what the penalty is for breaking their rules, but they, I think they imply that they're going to kill you if, if you break their rules. Right. So I, I think she would have known that. So she wouldn't have gone. It doesn't make any sense. Also, I don't really understand... She, she doesn't know. She didn't know that the that the uh, Willem Dafoe character betrayed the Russian, but it implied that she came to him and told him that Willem Dafoe de- betrayed him. Right? She just saw them talking together, and I guess inferred because they showed her in a car yeah. when John Wick and Willem Dafoe meet. But you're you're right that that part didn't make a lot of sense. Also, why why would the um, why would the main Russian dude call John Wick and gloat and tell him that he just killed his friend? Because he knows. Well, I, I mean, he knows John Wick, so he knows John Wick's not going to let that go. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Maybe it would have been better if John Wick had just like gone to the house and found him that way. Yeah, I would believe. I would believe the Russian would call him after he's gotten on the helicopter and gotten out of town. And then when he knows he's safe, or but 
Yeah. Okay, uh, another thing I wanted to talk about was sort of the economics of this world, where one gold coin gets one body cleaned up, it also pays for a night in the hotel, and it also gets you access to a nightclub. <laughs> like, does anyone get changed? How do you get charged half a gold coin? How did they decide that everything in this world would cost one gold coin? I don't know, but that was awesome. I love that part of it. <laughs> Right, it's like a fun idea. I like that I like they have their own sort of exchange system and yeah, like a monetary program that the assassins and underworld follows. Yeah, and yeah, it's just a currency that and it's nice cuz then no one can buy their way in uh because it's not a question of money in and of itself. It's you have to have money probably but also I mean, I'm sure you can buy those coins with cash, but uh but no one has to sell them to you, so you could be locked out. Yeah. So I, I liked... I mean, this was my pick for sort of criminal world when we watched Hotel Artemis, because I, I think especially in the next movie, you see more of it with the hotel manager. Um, but I just think it's an interesting idea that this there's this kind of network going on, and the hotel is like a safe space where everyone could be so I like I like that part of this movie. It's so sad when the when Miss Perkins killed the guy that was watching her. I know he she could have just incapacitated him. He was a nice guy. Nice guy. Probably a killer too, but <laughs> <laughs> I think that can almost be guaranteed. I don't feel like everyone in that hotel was a killer, but I haven't seen John Wick too. But there were like some dorky looking dudes in the lobby. <laughs> some cover people staying yeah the out-of-state couple that just tries to check into the john wick hotel (laughs) they're like they just didn't know any better it's hard it's hard to know what hotels are good in in new york city (laughs) common a common (laughs) misconception (laughs) yeah Uh, are there other things that you liked or disliked that you want to make sure we're talking about i feel like we have to talk about keanu's acting Right? Sure. Oh, man. So, liked or disliked? I mean, I don't think it's like or dislike. It's just like Keanu Reeves, you know? He has that style. Like, what? I mean, this is so, it's funny to me. Uh, Everyone's been asking me if I'm back. Well, yeah. I think I'm, I'm sort of thinking I'm back. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I could imagine, I am, I, there's a point in the movie, I can't remember what he was saying when this happened, but I had a meta moment where I was like, oh, I can imagine the screenwriter writing these lines and not thinking that they were going to be delivered like this. <laughs> it's like, uh, this was not supposed to be played this way. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think he does okay with the physicality and the movement. And this movie doesn't rely on too much acting interaction. So, I don't know, that didn't take me out of it too much. There's that moment where the where the bartender says, "I've never seen you like this. You're vulnerable right now." And it's hard. I mean, obviously we'd never see him before uh when he works for them for the Russian mafia, but um I think he is a nice mix of vulnerable and just single-minded focused. Yeah. I mean, he killed three people 
with a pencil. <laughs> a effing pencil. <laughs> I liked, uh, I like John, uh, Lu- John, I don't know how to say his last name, Liazamo. The car guy? Yeah, he had a very, at the beginning. He had a very brief part, but I thought he was awesome. Yeah. Like he, I think he did a good job in that sort of underworld role. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's just, I, I mean, I really like the tension where, like, it seems like the Russians have the power, but really he, he he's smarter than them, and he realizes that they're totally screwed, and that's totally exemplified by the Russian dad calling uh, the dealer, him saying, well, he stole John Wick's car and killed his dog, and the Russian just being like, oh. <laughs> that was, yeah, that's good, like a good introduction to that. Yeah. It's great. All right, let's do our rankings for John Wick. Ty, how would you rank this out of five? Okay, this is hard for me because I just wouldn't normally watch a movie like this, but it was done well. So uh, I, w- I would give it a three. Okay. Yeah, for me, I'm going to give it a four. Uh, I kind of like this sort of action-driven not too serious movie and I don't know feel like it's different than other action movies and I appreciate that so I'll do a four how how is it different than other action movies I just feel like the style the the movement the feel I, I guess maybe action movies since this have changed but I, I feel like John Wick really was pretty unique when it came out um, how the action feels kind of choreographed maybe and just fluid and yeah, fluid. I mean, a couple more tracking shots. I think the one kind of knock I have on many of the Bourne movies is the action scenes have a lot of cuts. Uh, and so it's hard to always track what's happening with the action. But in John Wick, you know, as he's moving through the bathhouse, there will be long, several kill long scenes that had to have been really well choreographed and acted out. Yeah, lots of blood triggered. I just, I just, uh, man, it's it's hard for me to watch the body count. <laughs> so many people die. Oh, that's hard for me. Bad people. Uh, is there such thing as a bad person? We're all like oh We're all doing the best we can in our given the circumstances. All right. Okay. Do you have a recommendation for something else you've been watching, reading, or listening to? Uh, why don't you go first? I would love to. Uh, this week, I actually finished the first Born Identity book. Uh, so I had never read them before, but went back and was surprised at some of the differences in the story f- to the movie. Uh, but I actually feel like the book was uh, pretty good and interesting, and I'll, and I'll keep reading the series. Okay, nice. You didn't read them when they came out? No. You're too young. Didn't read. <laughs> you were you were illiterate at the time. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Uh, for, okay, so for mine, uh, this weekend I got to go to the Berkshires in Western Massachusetts and saw uh, an exhibit that's one of the best art exhibits I've seen, uh, maybe ever. I just really loved it. It was by an artist named James Terrell. And he builds these immersive rooms where you go in. So that's the other thing. It's like you can't exactly experience his art. You can't experience his art online or looking at pictures, really. 
because you go into the room and he's made these um, cutouts and lit them in a particular way and it looks like spaces or shapes are glowing or moving or or um, he just plays with light in this incredible way. So there's this room where you go in and he's curved the corners so you can't see any hard shadows anywhere. It feels like you're floating in space. He's also bought a crater in northern Arizona and uh, called the Rodin Crater. <laughs> and he's never let anyone come in it except one time for $6,000 per person. He had a fundraiser and let people come in. But it's it's this he's building this tunnel network in the crater with viewing stations that are aligned with the with astrological positions. He's he's famous for making these rooms that have open squares in the top, and he he um, can tell you like the right time of day to be there, and paints the rooms particular colors so that they that the colors change of the room depending on the color of the sky. It's really interesting stuff. Okay. So he's got an exhibit at Mass Mocha, the Museum of Contemporary Art in North Adams, Massachusetts. He's also got one at PS1, um, a branch of the Museum of Contemporary Art in Manhattan. The PS1's in Queens. but And you can sneak into the his crater near Flagstaff, Arizona. Uh, we don't endorse or recommend <laughs> trespassing. <laughs> okay, but if you do... Totally hit us up on Twitter. I want to hear about it. That's right. Tweet at us at Two Bros Review. Yes. Uh, thanks for joining for our throwback review of John Wick. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley, getting ready for the start of the Premier League this weekend. Woo-woo. Let's go, Arsenal. Shut up. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>